0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Launch Codes Football. I'm Chris W. I'm Chris P.
1: And I'm I'm Chelsea, and I've been demoted to third in this listing for anyone who's wondering. This is what happens when I miss two weeks, but it's fine.
0: You know, that's okay. Yes, just to say something. Sorry we missed last week, but we're back today with episode 66. You know, it's kind of crazy. As I've like talked to people about our podcast, sometimes they're like, "You guys are 65 episodes in at that time." I'm like, "Yeah, we've been grinding at this for a little bit."
1: Doesn't uh- feel like it's been that many, honestly.
0: No, I mean, Chris. What this is like? Your what? Sixth, fifth episode at this point. So, like, definitely not for you, I guess. Yeah, he's
1: been inaugurated in. He's part of it now.
0: Well, guys, I hope you're um all the listeners are ready because some may hate us, some may love us, but today we are we're ripping the zebras. Um, and I think everyone does every week, but this week has felt especially that um the boys in black and white and girls. I think they have female refs in the NFL. I actually don't remember. I know they uh, do there's in There's at NBA. least
1: one, yes. I think.
0: Okay. Yes. Cool. Cool.
1: Girl power. Represent.
0: So we are going to um rip the refs now. Um, so I think we should start out with the one that's been in the most news. Um, Chelsea's own cults in this Browns versus Colts game. So Chelsea, why don't you tell us a little bit of how um Colts Nation is feeling?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a lot more toned down now with it being midweek, but...
0: You yeah, sound defeated. It, 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 <laughs> it, it,
1: it, it was pretty upsetting, I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, the the two calls at the end of the game were the most noticeable, but there were other calls in this game, too, that aren't getting talked about, really, that people still noticed as well. Um, Specifically, the one that really just grinded my gears was the pass interference call against Daryl Baker against Amari Cooper. I think it was Amari Cooper in the end zone in the top right corner. uh, They called it pass interference. As you can see in this picture, if you're watching us on YouTube, yes, you may notice that the ball is literally not in this picture because the pass was quite literally uncatchable by the time. The ball would have been caught if it could have been caught. The wide receiver would have been at least two steps out of the end zone, like that. It's not even. It's not an argument. Like if you go back and you look at the play, you look at where the ball was, and you look at all the angles. There was no way, on God's green earth, that that ball was being caught. There just isn't. And the fact that they called it pass interference, but that because it was pass interference now don't don't hear me saying it wasn't pass interference it was like daryl baker was literally only in the game because juju brents sustained a thigh injury literally all of Colts nation hates him <laughs> like no one likes daryl baker i i do not feel that way um i would prefer him not play obviously but i don't hate him he started out as a starting cornerback on this team for the first couple weeks and got promptly demoted. So he was a healthy scratch like a couple weeks in a row because they had other guys that were playing better than him. So the only reason he was even in this game is because someone sustained an injury, but that's beside the point. How on earth you don't call this an uncatchable ball is just beside me. If you watch the whole clip on YouTube, like, look it up on NFL clips or whatever, or you watch it on Instagram or whatever, the ball literally went so far (laughs) that it bounced beyond the yellow line up into the hands of someone in the stands. The stands are what? At least six feet above the field? (laughs) Like the amount of juice you had to put on that ball for it to bounce at least six feet straight up in the air into the arms of a fan should be evidence enough that it's uncatchable. But somehow, they didn't call it uncatchable, and the drive got extended, and inevitably they ended up scoring, and the Colts lost by one. And that was not the only reason the Colts lost. I mean, they scored like a 70-yard rushing touchdown on the Colts' first drive of the game on like the third play. So there are reasons that the Colts caused themselves to lose this game. But it's just particularly infuriating when literally all of America can see that this ball is literally not even catchable for Megatron, and they still don't call it. Because it was a pass interference. Like, they got that correct. But you can't not call uncatchable when it literally bounces outside the yellow line. Like, even with his arm outstretched, the ball was at least two or three feet above his hands. And Bro is over six feet tall. I mean, he has a big arm span. Like, he can reach up pretty far but it wasn't even close. So I just, that, that one just really got me, honestly. I'm like, how, how on earth you don't call that is just crazy to me. Like, I don't want games to be decided by penalties that shouldn't be called, right? Like, if it's a throw it up in the air, like, it could, it couldn't, you know, whatever. Sure it's debatable but for plays that very obviously have a penalty on them you can't not call them like you have to call them and they just didn't on this and it was just annoying um there was a second play that was talked about after this game it was the play right before this one again if you're watching youtube you can see the uh A very elegantly circle around the Colts player uh, touching Amari Cooper's butt cheek, which is really quite an unfortunate shot if we're being honest. But this play was the illegal contact play again on Daryl Baker, who was just killing me at the end of this game, but it's fine. This one I think is more up for debate than the, the other one. The other one I feel like is obvious. This one It, I mean, it's arguable that this one was called correctly. Um, So for this play, just going and looking at um, the the game for the Colts, like the Browns, they were driving down the field. I mean, they looked pretty good, blah, 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 blah. And then right at the end of the drive, there was a pass incomplete. It was actually people or... Um, not Peoples-Jones. It was the one before that. It was the one that was on um, Daryl Baker, the illegal contact, which is this picture you're looking at right here. So (laughs) P.J. Walker got sacked and fumbled, and the ball was recovered by Buckner, which I think is the primary reason why people are so mad about this play, not so much at the penalty itself, but at the fact that it negated the win basically like if they hadn't called it we recovered the fumble like the game would have been over like we would have won by one or three or how many ever points um but unfortunately that that was not the result of this call um so they called this um illegal illegal contact so this play started on the indianapolis 13 yard line now if you watch the play on youtube They get down past the 10. They're inside the 10. They're like straddling the 8 to 7-yard line. Maybe the 6-yard line. It's up for debate. But there's hand fighting. There's a bunch of stuff going on. And if you watch the entire clip, Cooper makes contact with Daryl Baker first. And Daryl Baker starts to fall down. And Daryl Baker probably panics and is afraid he's going to give up a touchdown so he unfortunately grabs Amari Cooper's butt cheek which again is just very unfortunate so did it impede his route yes could he have run faster if it didn't happen yes but it was right on the five yard line of where the penalty would be called like the you have five yards and Baker And Cooper were making contact with one another. And Baker fell down. So, all of that taken into consideration, I was pretty mad at that too. Less mad at the penalty, more mad that the fumble didn't count. And that the recovery didn't count. So, like I said earlier, I think that the other one, the uncatchable ball, I think that's not arguable. I think that that should have been a call. This, there's an argument. That it should or shouldn't. I am personally of the opinion, like I said earlier, call the plays that are obvious, right? I don't feel like this play was obvious. Like, the whole nation is debating on whether or not this was obvious. Like, call the obvious plays in the game, but don't change the outcome of a play based on a 50-50 thing like this. Like, this very easily could have not been called a penalty as easily as it was called a penalty. So that's my that's my main problem with it. Whether or not it was actually a penalty is up for debate. My problem is how do you call a penalty on it when it is up for debate? If it's obvious, sure. If you got Daryl Baker like hanging off his shoulders, like okay, obviously. But if it's not obvious and it's a turnover play, how are you gonna call that to negate a turnover? I just that it baffles me. It doesn't get me as going as the other one, but I just, I, I don't get it. And I will point out that Jim Ursay, notorious Jim Ursay, got on Twitter and said that the NFL admitted that they got these plays wrong. Now, did that quote come directly from the NFL? Perhaps not. But was it on Twitter? Yes. So obviously that means that they're sorry. No, just kidding. Obviously not. It's true then. So who knows if they actually officially said this or if someone just said it in passing. There's no telling. I mean, the NFL is never going to be like, you know, pointing itself out, doing all kinds of crazy things like, oh, yeah, we did this wrong and this and this and this. Like, they're not going to drag their own reputation down. But. Jim Irsay did tweet it, so take from that what you will. And Pat McAfee got on the Pat McAfee show and absolutely ripped the NFL, which I was grateful for. So all of that to be considered, this was quite an annoying game. Um, but the ultimately, these are not the reasons the Colts lost this game. Miles Garrett literally dominated our offense into the ground. I don't think I have ever seen a more dominant defensive performance against my team in my whole life, maybe, than this game. It was crazy. I mean, they scored a defensive touchdown. We gave up a very easy touchdown on the first drive. I mean, so there were a lot of reasons that we didn't win this game. So don't hear me saying, oh, we lost that game because of the refs, because you don't lose a game based on one play. But. The outcome of a game can be heavily swayed by one play or two plays in this instance, and that's more of the way that I'm leaning with this. It's just I, I don't know how you don't make the calls and how you do make the call when you're not even sure if it's the right call, you know? Like, I don't know what you guys think about that. I mean, are you in agreement with that or no?
0: So, I mean, yeah, I I agree with you that the first one is kind of up for debate. It's hard. It's hard for that one. Um, but definitely, yeah, the second penalty. I think it's pretty. I mean, that, that's pretty bad. Um, the
1: second one being the uncatchable ball.
0: Yes, the second penalty at the very end. Yes, the uncatchable ball. Um, I I think that that was just, yeah. Because I I just don't see Donovan Peoples Jones having a shot at this. I mean, some say he was holding. Yeah, because it in. was
1: him, not Cooper. Um, that's my bad.
0: It is interesting because well, here's what here's what I think is that we I think part of fan frustration um comes from the fact that we don't get any reason of why the ref called what they do. You know, if a player messes up. The media goes to their face, shoves a microphone in it, or 50 microphones in it, and says, what happened on that play? And while it may be dumb or whatever, we at least understand, okay, we know what happened. Um, Like, I mean sometimes we still come out more confused for example why the giants ran the ball with saquon with no time left in the first half against the bills on sunday night football Me and chris were talking about that earlier how that was just a coaching mistake because then the coach said oh i didn't mean to call that i call or i didn't call that i called a pass play but i'm like you know you're Tyrod Taylor is not a rookie. It's not like he just called the wrong play or did that on purpose. So that's weird. So sometimes I guess we leave more confused. But I think the confusing part is the fact that we have the broadcast people, the two people in the booth saying, uh, I don't see how that's a call. I don't see how you call that. And then they bring people like Gene Sterator, who uh, used to an old ref, who says, Yeah, um, half the time he'll go, he's either like, yeah, I think that's a penalty. I I see where it's coming from. Or he's like, no, it's not. So when there are those times where he says no, I don't think it's a penalty. Um, I think all it does is create more confusion and frustration. Uh, so that honestly, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Is that we have no idea why or what the reasoning was, and we they have an NFL like officiating. Twitter page that every once in a while they will say something but they just don't and I don't really need I mean I know America would not react well to it being a ref is the most thankless job in America I'm convinced actually <laughs> like no one says what did they say on Pat McAfee's show no one goes on no one goes to a game and says man I hope the refs call or have a good game today like nobody does that but yeah yeah I mean, yeah
1: that's... And and I agree with that. I mean, it would be nice if we had some accountability because there have just been some really bad calls. I mean, worse calls than this that I've seen in my life. Worse than this. It's like reminds me of baseball. Like people rip baseball refs and umpires all the time, but they don't have any accountability either. There, there's an account on Twitter that posts the accuracy of the missed balls and strikes that a ref calls and it does all these crazy calculations. It's like an algorithm. And then it spits out how many or what percentage or what decimal point of runs that would equal if they were called correctly, right? Because more often than not, they make bad calls in big spots. That's just the reality of the sport. When you have a human looking at a square, that's invisible, right? But I have seen posts on that Twitter where people have, they've been like a run and a half was given to them. Because of two calls, like I feel like you could say the same thing is true for football. Like a field goal might be given to someone because of one bad call, a touchdown might might be. So I mean, I feel like you can argue that in football as well. And I mean, just as a concluding point, these weren't the only missed calls against the Brown or against the Colts in not going in the Colts' favor. There was an illegal, um, formation that the Browns were running with 10 seconds left in the first half. That was not called. Um, The clock was running, so if it had been called, it would have run out the clock and the half would have ended. But instead, they got a field goal. So it's not to say that it's only these two penalties, and I will preface this post about this. It does have a picture, and it does look illegal, but it's from Reddit. So put as much stock in that (laughs) as you want. But it's not just these two calls. These are the ones that – the nation noticed but there are other ones as well that just went unnoticed and I'm sure there were against the Colts too like I don't think that the Colts were just out there like prancing around being perfect like they missed calls for everyone like I get that that's the reality of having humans umpiring the sport Mm -hmm. but in the biggest moments when you have the ability to review a call with other referees you have to get those right in the biggest moments. I get if you don't get all of them during the game. Because there's a lot going on. And I can't imagine being a ref. They're they're doing like 37 things at once. It's hard. But in the moments that are the biggest. You gotta be able to do it right. I just don't understand why there isn't some more accountability. And we'll get into other games too. This isn't the only game this week. That had really bad penalties. Chris P is going to get on here. And talk about the game of the Dolphins versus the Eagles like that game was bad too so it's not just this game it just makes you wonder if the NFL is ever going to do anything about it probably not but I mean NFL fans are just dreaming of the day that you know (laughs) refs can get and umpires and you know all the zebras can get suspended for missed plays Just makes me think back to that Twitter page of the runs added from missed plays. You could so do something like that for football. You could so make an equation for that. And I feel like it would just really make it painfully obvious how bad some of these calls and how bad some of the missed calls are as well.
0: Yeah, I think so. Chris, do you have any quick thoughts on it on that play or on these couple plays?
2: I personally I never watched the game, um, to be honest. So I, I, I don't from the pictures and from seeing some of these clips, I, I mean I can say my two cents as to what it is, but honestly, I don't right now since um I didn't watch the full game. And that's something that like I, I feel like I have more accountability in if I did watch the full game, saw mm-hmm. how it actually happened and everything like that. Um, it looks pretty bad on these calls, seeing these pictures and seeing the outrage of that, this bad reffing, mm-hmm. um, okay. but I will say at least they had penalties.
1: Hey, I- I'm in <laughs> I the think... same boat though. That's why you're carrying this <laughs> Dolphins Eagles section. Cause I'm going to be honest. Listener, I fell asleep in the third quarter of this game, and I completely missed everything that happened. So oh because of that, take it away, Chris.
0: Yeah, what a transition we've got here.
2: Yeah, so um, so yeah, the Eagles versus Miami game um, late into the evening. Um, it was going to be a high-anticipated game, since so it's just two great offenses meeting together. Jalen Hurts going against Tua. Now, it first was starting out uh, like a good game. Uh, the Eagles seemed to be dominant coming out, coming out on the first, first and second quarter. Um, the Dolphins look a little sh- uh, shook for a little bit. Uh, Tyreek did well in um, catching, except one play that he could have gotten a touchdown which he dropped uh, reminds me of the chiefs when I don't know the ball hits his helmets and it goes through, it uh, goes through his hands, hits his helmets no. and you know, reminds me of that. So PTSD from that, but um, I'm sorry. And for I know pain. And I know this is something that this is, if you're watching on YouTube, I know it's, this is a terrible image. It is the quality of this is terrible. um, And I've kind of going backwards in the game. So, Stay with me. So at the end of the game, um, near the end of the game, um, they're they're down by two scores. Uh they they need a score um really fast. They need and then do an onside kick afterwards. So their goal was to get a touchdown and then onside kick it. Now, Mostert runs out. If you watch any video, Mostert on the right side runs out straight into the corner. It was like a little like uh, wheel route ish that went straight to the corner, being followed. And on here, um, he's being followed by a defensive back. And as Moster is turning around to receive the ball, um, the defender is actually s- staring ahead, not looking back. And yes, I know, um, it was an underthrown. Um, and Darius Slay intercepted it. But instantly, when you see a uh offensive player reached back and defensive player is his back is turned with his arm in front of Mostert and hitting him full on cuz with this impact it did push Mostert down. Um it should have been a PI on the on the first yard line. Now Eagles fans saying, "Oh well, you know, uh that wasn't a PI. It was obviously it was a pick. Well, the thing is Home dude didn't, literally didn't go for the ball. He was just mirror, trying to mirror and run over Mostert. That should have instantly been a flag, right? And this was before it, the ball was caught by Slay because Mostert is turning around. So that's one play that I personally believe that should have been PI, which would have changed the tide of the game and the impact of the game. But yet again, as Chelsea says, this shouldn't. They, the Dolphins should have played well. They didn't. They didn't show up. And this is what resulted near the end of the quarter, fourth quarter. Now the second play, this was during the fourth quarter still. Um, this was on, I believe, on the 10 to 15 line of scoring in the end zone. So they're they're needing a, a crucial, a crucial uh this is third down, I believe. And this is like a little hook route. I believe. And so I forgot who was it. Was it Waddle? It might've been Waddle. But that being said, uh, Bradbury is covering and he does a little hook route. Um, This was eight minutes to the game, I believe Um, he does a little hook route and Bradbury reaches out and actually grabs the face mask um, of this dolphins player and pulls it as the pass is thrown in this direction. Um, my name, Yeah, so he pulls his face mask. The ref, as you can see in the back with his nice little, I don't know, his nice black and white shoe in the background is watching this. And he pulls the guy's face mask, not called, not called at all, right? So that's another misblown penalty that would have added a face mask penalty and marched the Dolphins. And it would have changed, yet again, it could have changed the outcome or at least you know kind of how in Madden it kind of changes um the sort of momentum so that would have changed it now at the end of the game which I found really discouraging was that at the end of the game I was looking at the penalties right I was like okay maybe it was a fair game this was penalties the left side is the Eagles so 10 penalties resulting in 70 yards deficit, meaning the Eagles got 70 yards due to 10 penalties. On the right side, however, there is zero penalties that was thrown throughout the whole entire game for the Eagles. So no uh, offensive holding, no uh, pass interference, no nothing. It's like a clean sweep. There's nothing. Which, don't get me wrong, uh, it is very, very difficult for one team to have zero penalties through one game because there's so much happening. Normally there's a few penalties on both sides, if not more. But for zero and in the Eagles stadium, I'm not sure for me, but that seems one-sided um it could have that 70 yards did change the uh, momentum so they got pushed back but looking back at it something's fishy you know why didn't the refs call any sort of penalties on the eagles and why didn't they do that throughout the whole entire game not call one at all so yes i know at the beginning of the first quarter there was the uh uh, what what did you call it, Chris? It was, um, it canceled what? each other out.
0: Yes, yes. The penalties offset the very. Um, that was the one that Philadelphia got, but it didn't count.
2: Correct. Now, so technically, it'll be one zero. So yeah, I don't know. It could have changed the momentum. I think at the end it should have been a pi. Um. Uh, called. That would change the little outcome. Yes, they were down by two scores ne- ne- on the fourth quarter uh, near the fourth quarter, but the momentum could have changed for the Dolphins. Don't get me wrong, uh, especially early in the game when they missed a face mask, which resulted, I believe, in just a field goal, if not kicking it. So um, that's something that I feel like it's one-sided. The Dolphins, yet again, they underperformed. They did not perform well. Tyreek should have caught that ball which should have been a touchdown which he decided not to so there were a lot of things that were missing and at least with the Colts and Browns they actually call penalties compared I was to about Eagles. to say that yeah uh the Eagles had zero on them and uh, yes Eagles fans one one can say well we're perfect and everything but in this or sort of world, especially for this season, in the past, I don't know when it, how long it's been since one team has only been called for penalties and the other team hasn't. That's just weird. Especially if if you don't if you follow basketball, normally refs try to even them out so that it seems to be fair, so it won't be one sided. But this seemed to be way one sided. So, what do y'all think?
1: Can well, you go back yeah. to the the first picture of the first penalty? And I know that this picture. Is just terrible because hashtag NFL quality. But I, when I see this play, the first thing I think of, you know, when people just run just straight, they just run straight down the field. They're trying to just do a Hail Mary or whatever, right? They almost always call the penalty on the defender if the defender jumps up over the receiver and is like behind, like closer to the offense and the receiver is closer to the end zone. Almost always they will call that penalty simply because the defender doesn't turn around. So that was my first thought when I saw this picture. I know that this route is not the exact same as that, and maybe that impacted it, I don't know. But the fact that he's literally not turned around at all and that he has one arm in between the hands of the Dolphins receiver is, is pretty incriminating, I think. I mean, what do you think, Wiles?
0: yeah i mean here here's the thing i was watching this um with a with a few of the boys here and um it was it was fun we had we had two eagles fans and one dolphins fan oh that um, was fun that it was it's pretty it was pretty fun um let me say yeah it's kind of weird that um that Philadelphia got no penalties on them. I mean, okay. Let, let's also bring this up. There was one that the refs missed that ended up helping uh, Phil or Miami because then J- Jalen Hurts threw a pick six. Like we will acknowledge that we know that one was, but it's still it was missed. Um, but it did end, that was the one that ended up better for Miami. I do think at times like like some of the holding was because. Just to be real, Miami's l- offensive line was not ready for Phillies. They, I mean, Hassan Reddick w- was just going at, was just getting to to Tua uh, and just causing so much havoc. And that whole D line is some of the best in the NFL. So let I will say that we know that um, that that was a factor. We're not ignoring that that Miami. You know, we're not saying that Miami did nothing wrong, but like, yeah nine penalties to zero is I mean I mean they say in the in, in the NFL that holding or whatever always happens like on every play so I don't know man and like I, I don't know I I feel like the refing I it I think it just impacted Miami mentally as well I think they just felt like we're not playing well we're in Philadelphia one of the toughest places to play and the refs are not on our side. Just kind of one of those games where everything go- was going wrong. Um right. but I have to say this because because I have to know. Chris, um, you had a you had a take about Mr. Jalen Hurts here. I know that's not the theme of the episode, but I think I think we should um let that be known to the world here.
2: Oh, that Jalen Hurts is being bailed out by his defense. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Like, if y'all didn't watch, and I know Eagles fans are like, oh, well, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the world. No, homeboy literally threw it to a defensive end. There was no one else around. Like, he literally just like, hey. And I understand, like, oh, well, they missed a call and stuff like that. But maybe, maybe Jalen Hurts felt bad. I don't know. But, <laughs> I mean... I understand when as a Panther like uh, Bryce Young threw it, tried to throw it to his tight end, maybe uh, maybe he was trying to do that, but yet again his defense has to bail him out. The uh, on this is you know it's just it's just like what? So that being said, I, I I personally think the reason why the Eagles are doing so well is because Jalen hurts. He's he 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 gets his points, but then he stops scoring. And then they decide, let's just run the ball, they stop scoring, and then the defense has to come on and save his butt. So, that being said- Let
1: let me counter that, though. Is them only starting to run the ball once they get a lead? Is that Jalen Hurts' fault? No. That's the play calling's fault. Like If they want to win games, they should keep their foot on the gas pedal. You can't take your foot off the gas pedal and then expect the other team to not score when they have their foot on the gas pedal. So I will agree. Jalen Hurts has been underperforming this year. I mean, I don't think you're going to find anyone that's going to say he's playing as good as he was last year because statistically he just isn't. But I don't know if you can blame the defense having to bail him out because his head coach stops calling aggressive plays. I just I don't know if I can buy into that. Well,
0: I don't know if they stop calling aggressive plays because if you look at the Jets game, um, Hurts was throwing it deep, but what did he have? He had four turnovers. I don't know. I don't know if I'm quite on the side yet that he's being hard carried by his defense, but I do see where he's he has some bad halves. I mean, he'll have yeah. amazing halves where he, you know, they run up the score, they go way up, and then all of a sudden he just kind of stops looking. You know, sometimes like in that first half or whatever, he'll look like a top five QB, but then randomly he'll just have a significant dip in quality of play. And I mean, I know that happens to like, you know, a lot of players are hot and cold. And I mean, I think he's still a good QB, but but i mean to be real with you especially i mean hate to harp on it again but that jets game was really bad and yeah. that was not against a very good team in my opinion i mean they're decent and somehow they're somehow they're they're fighting so i mean props to them i know they have a good defense but but like some of the some of the things he was doing you know you just look at it and you're like what is he doing that was that was really dumb and then even yeah against Against the Dolphins. Like he wasn't lighting it up and he threw a pick six. Some will say he's injured. I, I know there is there are those talkers. So Chris, what do you think of people saying oh he, he's injured? Which I mean, yes, he was like oh, wearing something. Yeah.
2: Uh if if he's injured then, Aaron Rodgers is is retired because goodness like I I don't think you could y'all can make y'all can make the exception like oh well he's injured so that's why he's underperforming well the thing is he has three wide receivers he also has a very good um running back but whenever he performs or he tries he forces so there are times when AJ Brown bails him out there are times with Devontae Smith well I will say there are times when he doesn't play really well either. It does not bail him out. But I will say, Jalen Hurts. There are times when it's just like, what are you doing? You know, yeah. You have you have to be smart and and looking how he played in the Super Bowl, like he was amazing. Great, he mm-hmm. knew where to throw it, how to hit it. The timing was great, and it and. and and also, thought was maybe his offensive coordinator was a bit better so that he was mm-hmm. like, snap it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so yep. I understand yep. both offensive and defensive coordinators are gone. Oh, wow. So that's why yep. maybe he's adjusting to that. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's trying to learn the different routes and different s- snaps. So that could be impacting his sort of okay, there's the bailout's gone. I have to throw it somewhere else. I have to force the AJ and maybe that could be the offensive court to say if you have to get bailed out, throw it here and try to sneak it in and it, it, it don't worry about it. So
1: can I have an aside for the the comment of his coordinator being gone? Yeah just briefly. His coordinator was Shane Steichen, who is now the head coach of the Colts connecting those two back together there have been, you know statistics get tracked throughout the year for everything did you know that the Colts are the sixth highest scoring offense in the league through the first what we're through six seven games however many the Colts are playing with a backup quarterback the Colts dropped 38 points on arguably the best defense in the league with a backup mm. so I think that that is a big contributor to hurts, but I don't think you can pin all of the blame on that necessarily but the Colts are the only team left in the entire league that have scored 20 plus points in a game and they're not even playing with Anthony Richardson for most of these games nor were they playing with Jonathan Taylor for half of the season so far so I think that that does have a big impact on Hertz, but I do agree I mean I think he is forcing it more this year He's trying to do too much. And I think you're seeing that with other quarterbacks, too. I mean, look at Mahomes. Mahomes is doing the same thing. I know if you look at Mahomes' numbers, they still look pretty good. But if you watch him during the game, he's doing the exact same thing. So it just kind of makes you wonder, like, because Mahomes lost Bienemy, right? And Bienemy was known to be one of the best offensive coordinators in the league, too. So it just kind of makes you wonder how big of an impact those guys really have on these superstar players because if that's a contributing factor, I mean, you you can point to that as to why they're underperforming. But all that to say, I mean, I do think that Jalen Hurts needs to pull himself together. Like if he wants to make this team an NFC contender for the Super Bowl, like he has to pull it together. Like he can't keep doing this. He can't keep throwing things, whatever he can't keep getting bailed out by his defense, regardless of how good his defense is, because his defense is very good. And honestly, that defense would probably bail most everyone out, if we're being honest, at least sometimes. But he just, he's got to stop doing this. And even with these penalties, I mean, why is he throwing the ball into this double coverage to begin with? Like, I get he's really good. Like, and I get he could probably make it. But... Why 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 risk it? I mean, you're a runner, just like run for the first down. Like I didn't see the play again because I was asleep. So I'm saying all of this as an outside perspective, just like Preston was saying for the Colts game. But it just makes you wonder why he even threw that ball. And then the other one, the face mask. I mean, you can't put that on Jalen Hurts. How you miss that when you're literally standing right in front of the ref is beyond me. That that honestly might be worse than the uncatchable ball.
0: yeah, <laughs> that was, no, pretty, that was bad. pretty bad. That it was very bad,
1: bad.
0: yeah I, yeah you know what's funny um i i was just listening to like today um cam newton had um darius slay on one of his recent episodes of his like podcast and um D- it's so funny darius slay was talking about how philly fans man they just like You can be so good and have one bad game, and then when you're being introduced in the starting lineups, they will boo you. Like, you will get booed there. So, you know what's funny, Chris? I actually think there's probably a decent amount of Philly fans, as much as they love Jalen Hurts, they are like, yeah, he needs to do better. He's getting carried. (laughs) Like, of the one city, you can criticize their QB, and they're kind of, like, kind of okay with it. It might be Philadelphia.
1: That Honestly, that is true, but it, it was it, a crazy game.
0: It could just be Philly,
2: but to me, I also I don't know. I I know people, and I've talked to a few others, are like oh, Cowboys fans are worse and stuff like that. But Philly, like I hate to say this, but like oh no, y'all y'all are like the rudest fans ever, and I'm like I, and I hate to say that, but like I've never seen so so many negative like demeaning ways towards other fans because like, i've i've recently i was just like looking i was like you know what how bad is it and i look up philly and I, I and i looked up um one video just popped up and i was like really like when and this is the time when vikings versus eagles uh there was a time that there was a fan just video recording and was walking up to go to I've their scene that
1: video yep
2: yep yeah, and they were just getting harassed yep and i'm like i'm like you you don't have even the ability to to just suck it up and have good sportsmanship, but you have to defeat a team that you know is not good, but you're going to rub it in their face no matter what. And I hate to say that, but like that's just just y'all can do better. Like this is this is just sad, especially when, um, especially when literally if a you win the Super Bowl your your city's burning. I hate to say that. But <laughs> they did burn down is burning. their city. And then when it's not winning, you burn down the city. Like I hate to say that, but like why? Why do you even and and one might say, oh well it's Philly and and it's it's just the people. And I was like it is literally I, the fans that are doing it afterwards.
1: I, I don't know if I agree with that because I have never heard horrible terrible things at least as horrible to- said about Philadelphia Phillies fans. I mean, their stadium is what it's in the same city as the Eagles. I mean, I know that you know a lot of those fans are probably Philadelphia Phillies fans, but the Philadelphia Phillies are known to have one of the most passionate, loud fan bases in all of professional baseball. And you don't see Philadelphia Philly fans getting dragged through the mud like Eagles. So maybe it's just an Eagles thing. I don't you know,
0: know, maybe you know, maybe so. The, the I I will say um. You, if I'm wrong about this is about to be awkward, but I I think the Phillies um, did arrest a nine-year-old for getting a ball. So
1: I cannot (laughs) confirm nor deny that just because Uh, I'm not informed. So
0: as context, this is what I heard is that um, during a Phillies game back before you were allowed to keep baseballs, um, a kid um, got a baseball like that was hit out and um, he kept it. And um, yeah, they put the kid in custody and then everyone got really upset about it and said, we shouldn't be putting a nine-year-old in custody for keeping a baseball. So now you are allowed to keep baseballs. And apparently they did let the kid out, you know, I think like by the next day or the night, but still um, the Phillies did arrest a nine-year-old for keeping a baseball. So let's. That, um... That's
1: fair. And, and I will preface the Phillies just lost the NLCS. So I would not <laughs> want to be around any Phillies fans right now, necessarily. But I'm just saying, I haven't heard the same slander about Phillies fans as I have about Eagles fans. But all of that to say, I mean, the officiating this week was just terrible. Um, I'm sure that there are other egregious calls from other games we didn't even get into that we just may not even know about or have time. Uh, but do you guys have any concluding thoughts about the Eagles and the Browns and the Zebras?
0: Um I mistake. It was an eleven year old. My bad. How oh, yeah, dare you? <laughs> that makes
1: a difference. <laughs> anyway,
0: that's my last statement.
2: Um, get better. I'm just saying. And Philly fans, just be respectful.
1: Well, all that to say Thanks for listening, guys, and sorry if you're a Philadelphia Eagles or Phillies fan, Uh, but you should still tune back in next week for more content. We might not roast you next week. Um, In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at LaunchCodesFB and on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Football. I'm Chelsea.
0: And I'm Chris W. And I'm Chris P.
1: And we will see you next week. Later.
0: See ya.